Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the Tea Podcast by Developing Lafayette. My name is Ben Powers. I'm your host. And what we like to do with this podcast is we like to invite different business owners, different community influencers in Lafayette Parish that really highlight Lafayette Parish and what we're all about. This is the tea today, and we're going to be talking a little bit about the the library, the, the Lafayette Public Library. We have uh, Andrew Duyon here today, who's going to be talking about some of the library uh, things with us, uh, some of the questions that we have and talking points. Um, I will tell you a little bit about him in just a moment here. We do have a, our sponsor that we definitely want to mention, which is the Music Academy of Acadiana. So as you know, the Music Academy of Acadiana is Acadiana's top choice for music lessons and piano, guitar, voice, drums, violin, saxophone, you name it, they can teach it. Uh, they teach students of all ages, all styles. They've sent students to college and to compete in major music competitions. They've also premiered on major TV music contests like American Idol and The Voice. Um, I'm not even sure if American Idol is relevant anymore, but they have been on there. Uh, founded by University of Louisiana at Lafayette Music School graduate Tim Benson, the Academy has been voted as a top finalist in the best music school by readers of the Times of Acadiana since 2016, and they've won several National Music School awards throughout their, their life so far. They're a great company. Their goal is to make music lessons fun, educational, and to help foster the next generation of musicians and creative thinkers, and you can find them out um, on their website. They have, it's musicacademyacadiana.com, and you can check them out on Facebook, Instagram, uh, all those different places, Twitter. You can probably find them on LinkedIn and all those other social media websites. So give them a, a check out, and then uh, if you're interested in learning music or if you have some kids that are, you know, check them out. They are a great company. And so we appreciate them, and Andrew, it's uh, good to have you on to talk about the library a little bit. Uh, we won't get too deep into the library. I know there's some stuff kind of floating around, but uh, whatever you're comfortable with is what I'm comfortable with. So, um, yeah, welcome to the show. Great. Thanks. Thanks, Ben. I'm glad to be here. And yeah, awesome. I, I've been involved in the library for quite a while, so I could tell you a lot, but I'll, I'll try to keep it to the time you have. <laughs> yeah, I got it. All right. So... Yeah. Uh, I do have a little bio um, about you here, and I will pull that up here in just a second. So uh, I have that you are a retired TPA and was a manager at the Lafayette Utility Systems Systems for 30 years. Uh, I'm 35. <laughs> not to, not, you were not, little when I started, man. Oh, yeah. I was, I was little, man. Um You've also served uh, on the Lafayette Parish Library Board of Control for 11 years uh, until September 2020, and you chaired their finance committee, and you also served two terms as president of the board, uh, and you have been awarded the, gosh, what is that? Modisette. Modisette Award, yeah, award. <laughs> by the Louisiana Library Association as top board trustee in the state of Louisiana during 2019. So. Yeah. Quite a quite an accomplishment you have there, especially over the past thirty years and your time with the library. So, um, yeah, is there is there something that uh, we miss or that would give you a little bit more uh, for the people listening, a little bit more background about who you are and your involvement with the library? I mean, the only other thing that strikes me is that I didn't mention that in my bio, but uh, I was uh, also chief administrative officer and finance director for the for the parish, Lafayette Parish Government. 
prior to, to a consolidation back in the 80s. So I served there for about three years. So I know oh, a lot wow. about parish finances as well and in city as well because I worked with the city and with LUS for so many years. So, so, so and being a CPA, I guess it, it just comes naturally kind of understanding the financial issues related to all right. this. Right. So, yeah. So quick question about consolidation. I know this has nothing to do with what we're talking about at the moment, at least not directly. Yeah. Um, What's your what's your thought on consolidation? It's been a thing since uh, for a long time. I sure. think the early '90s, right? Yes. Well, it, it yeah, consolidation actually occurred in I think it was '96, okay. '95, '96 yep. time frame, mid '90s, and so uh, at the time, you know, it seemed like a, a good. Remember, I came from the parish, and I tell a lot of people. I, actually, I spoke to some of the local mayors recently, and I said, you know, back when I was working for the parish. Uh, back then I left, one would say, well, why did you leave the top position at the parish to go to work as the second or third in command at LUS? And I said, well, they pay me more money, number one. just goes <laughs> to show you what resources the parish didn't have. And right. number two is they didn't have any money, basically, to do anything. And that still remains today. So that's the, that's the plight that the parish found themselves in that made um, consolidation attractive, I guess, for the parish. But for the city, I'm not sure it's turned out very well. It's just as a city resident, I understand uh, what the city's had to sort of fork over, in my opinion, to uh, provide, uh, I guess, government throughout the entire parish. And so, and, and, and I see that the city not being represented a lot of times on city issues. And we could go, I could talk about this a long time too, so I won't yeah, go into yeah. too much. But yeah, I, I'm basically uh, a proponent of, de- of deconsolidation. Uh, I've watched the, uh, the, uh, the new committee the Protect the City Committee with interest, and I know some of the, the folks that serve on it and have offered to provide any information if they needed because of my background in LUS and the like, which, remember, LUS is a totally city entity. And so we'll see where it goes. You know, it, it would end up maybe in a consolidation or a deconsolidation commission later on, and then the people would have to vote on it. So people have to vote on it to, to make right, it happen. Right, right. Yeah. So, so you think deconsolidation would be the best thing for us at the moment? That's my personal opinion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't take away it doesn't take away the problems that the parish is 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 experiencing. It's true they still have a pretty poor revenue base and would have to figure out ways to be able to fund the things that they need within the parish. Yeah, I live in unincorporated portion of the parish yeah. uh, in Karen Crow. Yeah, um, I'm pretty much told that if we deconsolidate, I would be one of those groups that would potentially have more issues to deal with yeah. as far as you know, what taxes uh, are allocated to what I have. Sure. So, like, for example, fire department, like, I, I, I still don't know how that works, and I think there was a vote that yeah. happened that, t- like, voted against certain fire. Uh, I was thinking of that very thing when you started yeah. talking because, you know, and, and ironically, that vote you're talking about, and Kevin Nakia, Councilman Kevin Nakia, uh, pro- pro- promoted that heavily. And if that vote had happened, chances are that, uh, fire insurance uh, premiums for pres- for a parish residents would have gone down. Yeah. So where's the you know? I guess you need more thought about. Okay, we are paying additional taxes, right, right. but we're going to get yeah. this benefit. So let's just weigh that instead of yeah. just taxes are bad. You know. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. let's let's not let's not linger too long, know, yeah. too much on that because that we look taxes. I know too much. Oh, <laughs> I know you were you were in the in the in the works of it. I mean, being a CPA or yeah. all that good stuff. I mean, you in your background is on finance. I mean, you probably know 
uh, a lot more than most of the people on social media that are spitting out stuff. Well, yeah. anyway, yeah, maybe so, but <laughs> just it's just my experience, you know. It came, yeah, came yeah. from pre-consolidation, went into it, and then here, here we are. So, <laughs> so all right. So let's not get in the weeds there. I definitely want to uh, talk about the library because that's what sure. people. That's what I told people we'd be talking about. Sure. Um, so, tell me a little bit about um, what the library is doing right now. I know 2020. We're st- we're still lingering the effects of that. Um, how did the library? survive and how did the library help people during the pandemic like what were some of the things that the library that you know of sure because i know we we were going to have melanie on and she was going to probably chime in a little bit on that but from your perspective what has the library done to remain relevant and useful during the pandemic yeah sure well yeah if you look at our statistics you know i mean one big statistic was let's let's look back at 2019 you know pre-covid uh, you know, we were showing, you know, a million visits to our, our, our nine libraries every year. Combined, total. Combined, exactly, yeah. yeah. I'm talking about, you know, you might walk in, you know, Ben might walk in five times in the year, let's say, yeah. but we're counting you five times. I'm saying, I'm saying we have that many visits to our library. Okay. That's how yeah. heavily it was used. You know, and if you look at 2020, those statistics are kind of like turned upside down now because for a while we wouldn't let anybody in the building. Then right. later on, you know, just people would naturally not come because of the the risk, you know, but uh, we still had online services. We still had the need for libraries, computers. We still have meeting rooms. Uh, you know, libraries are just not about books. They are about all the other things that people want to do. They're, they're focal points for your community. Uh, you know, you could get into the, you know, the, the philosophical part of it. They're, you know, bastions of freedom of expression and this sort of stuff but but in truth they are very practical insofar as they provide these things for people they provide places for them to meet they provide places to express those ideas they provide uh maker as uh maker space you know what maker space mm-hmm. is where they have you know 3d printers and yeah. sewing machines and things that really assist people. that's on the third floor right uh yeah at the yep. main library yes now there's yes exactly uh, i i know i yeah. when in talking my my main thing was like oh the main library i know you had several you said nine yeah like so, you're closest uh, to north regional where you live, you see? Yeah. So there's not a makerspace at North Regional now, but the expansion that they were going to do was going to include a, a makerspace. So that, you know, hmm. would have been a benefit to people in, in your area. But, uh, you know, I kind of got off, off my train of thought there. But uh, no, no worries. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but library, oh, just the relevancy of libraries, you know. Uh, I said, you know, a million visits per year. I mean, nationwide. I mean, libraries are not irrelevant. I mean, 250 million Questions are answered by librarians every year. You yeah, know? no, that's one of the the fun facts that I have right yeah, here. Yeah, right. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. Two hundred fifty. You said two hundred fifty million. Yes. Yeah. Good grief, that's a lot of questions. Well, we were talking earlier. You said you know uh, before the, the before we came on air. You know, we you said about uh, uh, Google. You know. Yeah, yeah. And so, I told you the quote of you know Google. Yeah, if you want an answer from Google, if you want an answer, search Google. If you want the right answer, call a librarian. Because yeah, right. the reference desks and stuff, they provide that. If you if you want to know, uh, you know, what's the main crop of Chad or something like that, you know, you call them up and they'll, they'll be able to look it up for you. you know? So that, that, that kind of segues into the kind of topic that I wanted to uh, talk about is as technology grows and becomes, basically, we become cyborgs. Yeah. You know, I don't know too many people who do not have a cell phone that has a... A screen, a touch screen. Yeah. Uh, I know some older, older uh, r- residents have those old flip phones, and that's all they want, and yeah. that's fine. 
Um, but for the most part, people that are still active in business and have any type of meetings to go to, chances are they have uh, a smartphone, they have a screen sure. that they can scroll through, check email. Yeah. And so with the accessibility of that technology, a lot of people, especially on social media, because that's where the world talks, is basically saying, why is there a need for the library? Yeah. Why can't? Why is the library still in existence whenever we can just Google everything we want? Yeah. And you, you kind of touched on that. And the fact is that the internet, as helpful as it is, can also be... Uh, bad for you in the sense that if you don't know how to look up something, if you don't yeah. know the trusted sources, and I'm definitely not saying that news media is the most trusted source, sure. you do need to uh, cross-check. And I think yeah. before we went on, you mentioned yeah. cross-checking references. Yeah, corroboration of, of information. That's what I try to do. I mean, I try to make sure that I get a, a number of sources that can validate you know, what I'm what I'm hearing and then you know and corroborate that information and then and then you kind of from that I think you, you start to see which uh entities you can trust you know yeah now even even with that you, you shouldn't trust them all the time I think there's you know <laughs> people used to say what well, you know about uh me as a CPA they say you know what's your what's the trade that you need I said a healthy skepticism yeah you, know, yeah, you yeah. really need to be uh fair but you need to be somewhat skeptical about stuff you know yeah. yeah, I think yeah. I think I think as humans we are skeptical to some degree, yeah. just in general. Yeah. Um, but some people, man, I see them, nature. <laughs> yeah, but I see people sharing things on Facebook and Twitter that is obviously like completely wrong. Yeah. And I'm like, did you not think to check? Like just yeah. to, I mean, so if if Google is a library, let's just uh, yeah. put that then Facebook is the rumor mill. That's yeah. essentially what it is. Yeah. And so people sharing information on Facebook, people are more inclined to try to believe it because that's where they're getting their news from. Yeah. And it, especially during like the political seasons, uh, medical, I mean, we've seen during the pandemic that the, the information being circulated on social media was just completely, and most, most of the time, inc incorrect. Yeah. So... Yeah. So I guess, in a sense, if you want to learn more and more factual things, typically the library would be the best yeah, place. Yeah, and it'll provide it'll provide a wide range of of, of uh, information yeah. for you that where you can discern what you know what yeah. it is that you're trying to find and what's what's the thing most valid most uh, uh, I guess validated for you yeah. or yeah. And another thing, I mean, Google. Like I think you mentioned it with all the different things that the library has to offer as far as meeting rooms and yeah. the maker space. Like you can actually get your hands on a three D printer yeah. that you know probably costs two to three thousand dollars. Yeah. But as a everyday citizen, if you wanna learn how to yeah. work a three D printer for free, yeah. you know, the library has it. You got virtual you... reality machines over there. They, I actually went there with my grandkids one time and man, that's it's awesome. I mean See, that's yeah. that's the cool thing. I think yeah. people forget that yes, Google exists. Yeah. You can find out all kind of stuff on the internet. You can find out if you have cancer or not just because you you have a cough. Yeah. And that's probably not true. You don't yeah. have cancer. But yeah. um you know, the library offers more tangible yeah. things there than just information yeah. you can actually get like tactile tactile like yeah you can learn and in, in, in touch you know a good a good example of that is uh, adventure kits you know I, on the talking points you know it's mentioned and uh, actually I wasn't quite sure what it was and I look I was looking it up last night and you can get like a kit that would let's say you want to learn about birds they yeah. give you uh, 
binocular, uh, binoculars, uh, uh, you know, a guidebook on, on birds and a bunch of things that kind of let you go out and become a bird watcher. Yeah. There was one in there about metal detection. They'll actually give you a metal detector. And uh, so there's so many things like that. It's yeah. not just books. Uh, we had a thing in at one of the branches called uh, Mibrary, M-I-B-R-A. And it's still it's a thing. Musical instruments. Yep. Yes, we still, yes, it still is a thing. But uh, you can, you can check, an out, check out a, uh, an instrument. Exactly. And uh, that's fabulous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's so many things we can do. Uh, I forgot to mention one thing that you, you were asking me about the relevance of it, during, especially during the pandemic, uh, resume building. I mean, just people that lost their jobs and needed, man, there's so many resources for the library in, you know, they have uh, software applications that help you with resume building and all sorts of resources to help one find a job. And, uh, and that's all available through the computers and everything yes, else. Yes, exactly. Have. And do y'all still have movies at the, the library? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Okay. You can Is, still check. If you want to go and check out an obscure French movie, you can probably go to Maine and find find it, you know, oh, <laughs> on, wow. on, on a yeah. VHS or on a disc. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm not sure we have VHS anymore. Yeah, no, no, VHS yeah. is so... Is so, so yeah. DVDs are on their way out. You yeah, know, really. I, I think know. they're actually... I mean, changing media on us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody streams now. Um but so what's interesting, and this is just a thought that popped into my head. I needed the library during the pandemic, but I could not go there. Yeah. And so what I did is I was in the, in the beginning of the pandemic, I, I had all this time to, to stay in my house. You know, I'll get work done. But whenever I'd get work done, I'd either have to I'd either play Call of Duty on my phone yeah. or I said, you know, I need to learn something. I want to learn something. And I thought about learning a language sure i'll say okay well let me let me look up some apps on the app store to see what's available kind of like to get me started and i i i saw Babel, i saw uh duolingo i saw some other things uh i down i ended up downloading all of them and landed on duolingo but there was another one that was pretty popular and so i i had downloaded it and in the sign up you can actually get this app for free you didn't have to pay for. It. I think it was like maybe five or ten dollars a month. But if you, if your library, if your local public yes. library yep. had a connection to it. this app, well, this particular <laughs> app it did not. Oh, okay, we most it, we do that. But yeah, they, language yeah, apps. But yes. so I found that out. So <laughs> I, uh, I think I either emailed or went to Facebook and just asked the public library, "Do you guys have association yeah. with this particular language app?" And they responded within about maybe an hour or so and they were like hey um it's a little expensive for us to get connected to that particular app but here's another option that we have publicly available yes. on our website um i want to say it was like uh it's called pronunciation or something is mm -hmm. it, it, it starts with a p yeah and so i went to there and i was like wow this is this is really good like i started yes. using it and I, I'll tell you the language that I was trying to learn. I was just um, thinking that. <laughs> so I was trying to learn Vietnamese. Okay. Um, why Vietnamese? Um, I've always wanted to know an Asian language. Sure. Um, I thought, you know, Chinese is too popular, which that's probably the best thing to do to go with the most popular. Like, I probably should have went to Spanish, uh -huh. believe it or not, um, or for even French. But yeah. I was like, you know, I, I love the Asian language, it's so interesting to me. And I said, I feel like that'd be a little bit more of a challenge. Mm -hmm. Well, let me tell you. This is a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Vietnamese, yeah. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Yeah. They say English is the hardest language to learn. 
Vietnamese to me is so hard because it's tonal based. Yeah. One character can have those. I didn't even know what uh, you know before I was trying to learn this language. I didn't even know what the little accent marks yeah. meant on most letters. Yeah. I knew the the little the one that looks kind of like a comma above most letters, mm-hmm. but like the like uh, on cafe, sure. the comma above the e is yes. you, you say the, you don't Something say e, you. It's a. It's the, yeah, it makes yeah. an a sound, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> And I started seeing all these different characters. Some of them had little rooftops over the mm-hmm. O's and all these things. I'm like, this is going to get tough. And I, I went and on that app through the library, it, sh- it showed me how to pronounce each vowel. I think that's what they were, vowels. And I was like, okay, this is going to get tough. And I even went to YouTube and said, I want to hear them say it. I want to hear other people say these, yeah. these characters. Yeah. And let me tell you, uh, I spent probably a good two months trying and trying and there were some times where i was i could develop a short sentence i I may not have always known what i had said (laughs) but i was getting the the tones down and it got so hard and i have neighbors who are vietnamese and so i really wanted to learn it because i was like you know they i hear them speaking vietnamese every once in a while i'm like i want to be part of that and especially the nail shops almost every nail shop in lafayette is vietnamese owned Mm -hmm. we have a large vietnamese population here and so i was like I want to learn it. And you know what? Uh, I I let it slack. I, I did not complete my learning. But uh, I, I'm thinking about getting back into it. I've been seeing things pop up in my email saying, we'll hey. App. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, I'm probably going to adventure back into yeah. it. But, uh, but I'm thankful that the library had yeah. that resource. I'm like, this is something that I could yeah. not find yeah. everywhere else. They want me to pay for it, yeah. but the library had this resource for free because yeah. I have an account. Yeah. I'm like, and then, you know, all those things we're talking about, we do provide all those things. And man, you go, wow, this is great. But you know, we, we when when we started, and you mentioned the Modisette Award that I want to stop trustee. Well, there's Mr. Modisette. Must have, I really don't know his background, but he was is I think it's James Modisette. He must have been a, a pioneer in the Louisiana Library Association because. Our library system was named the Modisette Award winner for library systems in Louisiana. Oh, that's awesome. In 2000, I think it was 19, 2019 or 20, I forget. Those years have kind of, you know, gone together. Yeah. Now. He lied it together now, you know. But, uh, yeah, so, we, so we're not just, wow, all these great things. We are like premier. This is a great library system, you know. So, so if the library system is so great, then if, without going into too much detail, yeah. why... Why is there so much news about the library right now? I know a lot of it's dealing with finance, but why are we having so many issues with the with the library and government? And why why are more people seeing that there is a real use for it? Yeah. Well, we you know you said finances. I mean, uh, I'm very well versed in that. I mean, we 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 started in 2017 with a pretty healthy fund balance. I mean, over 40 million dollars in fund balance. But we were still on a course of building some libraries and building some expansions to libraries like North North Regional where you live. You know, was, that's in Scott, right? No, North Regional is in Karen Oh yeah, Karen yeah, East East is. I in remember Scott. the one being built. Oh, in West Scott. West is in Scott. Yes, sorry, sorry. Yes. West is in Scott. We have East between Youngsville and, and uh, Milton, and then the South is off of Johnson Street over by. Yeah. Uh, call South it South City uh, Parkway. Yeah, South City Parkway. I call it uh, the, the uh, auto dealership alley. Now. Yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah. dealership road, man. Yeah, right, dealership road down there. But it's right, and all of those are just fabulous libraries. But the uh, so we went from 40, $40 million dollars of fund balance 
and we lost a, a millage election in the spring of 2018 uh, that lost basically for the library about $3 million a year. Uh, and, and then uh, subsequent to that, there was a, a move by the council to take some of the fund balance away from the library, rededicate it to other purposes, part of it being drainage, part of it being recreation. That was a big thing, especially after 2016. Yeah, those are important things. I'm not trying to denigrate yeah. those needs. There are those big needs. But the, the truth of the matter is you, $10 million is a drop in the bucket for drainage problems in, in Lafayette Parish. I mean, you know, we've got a multi hundreds of millions of dollars, maybe a billion yeah. dollars that we need to uh, you know, solve that problem. But anyway, so that, that took away some fund balance, and then we've had some opportunities that the council has missed to move our millages up as is legally uh, allowed. When, when property values go either up or down, they can adjust the millages, and they failed on two occasions to do that and uh, to, to adjust the millages to the, to the maximum legally allowed, and it resulted in some more loss of revenue. So right now, the, the bottom line is that the fund balance is down to $7 million, but the library system is in a non-op, it's, it's in a... Uh, operating loss, annual operating loss position. So what's gonna happen is that $7 million is gonna be, it's gonna be uh, pecked away at by, uh, the fund balance is gonna be pecked away at by the losses. And so there's gonna be a day of reckoning, I think, where you know there's gonna to need to be some attention paid to the financial situation of the library. I'm advocating that we take care of that now, but right. it's it's kind of hard to get that traction right now. I think at the very least, what I'm trying to do is 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 encourage people to and consolidate support for the millage renewal that the library is going to have is just a renewal of a of an existing property tax in this fall. The council is supposed to vote, I think, sometime this spring, maybe maybe this month, to uh, vote to put that uh, renewal election on the ballot in the fall. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so that's, that's kind of where we are, and that's and, yeah. and there's been a lot of you probably. I mean, I'm I'm kind of glossing over like the issues with the the new board and everything. You know, we have some some new people on the board, and I do not denigrate or or uh, fault anybody for trying to get on the board. I think that anybody's right. It's anybody's right to serve. I mean, God knows I served for 11 years, you know, and I've uh, served with a lot of good people. But um, I think the problem that's ensued is that you have a lot of people now that on the board are very inexperienced. You have at least five of the members that have no experience whatsoever, and they can learn, but it sure helps when you try to seat a board with people that have some background, have some skill sets that you need to run the system properly. And several several of the people that tried to get on the board had been members that were just trying to get their term renewed, mm. and they were turned down in favor of some other people. So, again, those people have the right to serve, but it's just not right. Or it's not the best policy. Not not the best policy to reseat a board in that manner. And it's not the best policy from the financial standpoint. From a fiscal standpoint, to, to to continue to have operating losses every yep. year, so those gotcha. two things are really troublesome. I think for the for the board and for the system. No, I get it, man. Um, so um, moving on, so kind of going back to digital stuff. Yes, the digital divide and how the library seeks to close it. Yeah. What are some of the things the library is doing that we may not have talked about to close that digital divide? And I think what that means to me is those who do not have access yeah. to yeah. Uh, digital means or yeah. internet. You come in our libraries and you see all our, li all our computers are used up. I mean, sometimes with COVID, we have to, we have to skip a station and keep, keep, keep people a little, we can't quite pack as many in as we used to, but we have computers available, all these applications you're talking about available. We have Wi-Fi wi at every library to where, you know, people can get Wi-Fi access and be able to do the things they need. So, I mean, that's, that's very important. I think, it, 
forget the statistics, it's, it's in those, but I think it's 900 or so Wi-Fi connections per, uh, per 900, day. 992 yeah. patrons log on to your Wi-Fi. Right, yeah. yeah. So we, we've got people using it. It's not, it's something that people need, something that people want, and it's there for them. That's and, a lot of and, and they don't have to pay for it. I mean, they yeah. pay their taxes, but they don't have to pay, you know, for uh, the and, services that the library system provides. And so uh, some other fun facts. Uh, these are pre-pandemic numbers, just FYI. Yeah. Um, the library has an average of uh, 2,700 visitors per day mm-hmm. at the nine locations. So you set out a total. That's the million visitors. Yeah, if million, you do the yeah, math, yeah. it's about a million visitors yeah. per year. And on average, 364 patrons uh, per day use the library computers. Yes. And that's across all nine locations, right? Or is that? Yeah, yeah, it is. This is the system. I mean, that's a lot of people using yeah. computers. I mean, actually, I thought that number to when I first saw it, I thought it looked a little low from what I've seen when you know. But this is in the heyday, you know, like right now with uh, pandemic, as I said, you know, it's a little yeah. spread out a little bit more. So yeah, yeah, I think uh, once once the the year goes through and. Uh, I know a lot of people are getting vaccinated and everything. Yeah. We should start to see things. I mean, we're already starting to see it. I mean, look at New Orleans. For the longest time, New Orleans was pretty much closed. Like they had a no yeah. no coming no coming sign yeah. pretty much. Uh, yeah. And now Mayor Cantrell uh, mentioned something about uh, she's hopeful that the the New Orleans Superdome will have a full. Uh, Full, yeah, full, yeah, fully seated same, for same team, yeah. for the the NFL season, yeah. which that's ambitious. Yeah, thinking is. about it, I'm thinking like, <laughs> is that the smartest thing to say? You want a full Superdome? I mean, uh, I, I'm all for it if if everybody's comfortable with it. Look, do yeah. do you? Um, I'm pretty sure there's going to be the mask. Requ- I don't know if they'll be required, but I'm knowing New Orleans, I'm pretty sure they'll be. It probably represents a pent up desire just to get back to normal, you know, but yeah, whether yeah. it's the right thing or not, who knows, but I mean, I mean New Orleans struggled is struggling yeah. still a lot because their, their economy is tourist based oh, yeah. uh, largely. Yeah. And you know, with all the bars in bourbon street and yeah. in the French quarter area, I mean that they had, they, I'm pretty sure they took a hit, oh, for sure. a hard hit. Yes. No doubt, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. Lafayette took a hit. We're still yeah. taking hits, but yeah. with with the restrictions being uh, released a little bit more, uh, as of recently, uh, I think there was some stuff released. Uh, so it's we're seeing we're seeing the comeback, man. It's it's slow, but it's gonna be weird. It's gonna be weird to fully come back because I know the Cajun Dome yeah. hasn't had any major events at all happening yeah. there, and that's weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. I know we are we're coming up on thirty one minutes here. Can I can I mention the yeah. foundation? Yes, yeah, I want you to mention the foundation. Yeah, Let's do well, that. Because well, you're on the board. Well, here, here's yeah, here's the thing. I mean, there's there's three entities. People don't really understand how it's all um, set up. I guess the library, but there's this essentially three, eh, maybe four entities. But I'll tell you about the three that I'm most familiar with. Uh, the library board of control is the one that says it's it's appointed by governing bodies, by the parish and by the mayor. Okay. So it's an eight-member uh, uh, board that uh, kind of oversees the operation of the library. And you know, then there's the library. There's friends of the library. The friends of the library. The thing they're most famous for is the book sales. Okay. Everybody knows about their book sales in the spring and the fall. They do a great job. Uh, and then I'm on the board of the Lafayette Public Library Foundation now. It's a non-governmental entity where we have twenty-something board members that just kind of uh, support the library in different in a different manner and it's got some resources to where it can also do some things that the library itself is not able to do 
example would be the big campaign we have right now for uh, an ad campaign, basically, that the, the, the foundation can spend the money on. It wouldn't be appropriate for the library board of control to be spending yeah. money on that. So it's a big campaign, and it's, that's my library. And it's all about that, the fact that the community and the library are bound together. And so it's, it's, it's all of this to show there's uh, billboards, uh, there'll be some radio spots. There's already been, I saw a TV commercial just the other day about it that uh, just indicates all the things that the library provides and, and, trust, and is, is trying to coalesce support for the uh, millage renewal in the, uh, in the fall. Yeah. So, but that's, that's the three entities, and people, they say, well, what's this one, what's that one? That's what they are. That's, so you have the main library board. Board of Control, the foundation, yep. and the Friends. Yep. Yeah, and I serve wow. on the foundation board, and they are the ones running this camp. Well, the Friends is also contributing, thank God, for this uh, campaign as well, you know. So it's the foundation and the friends are putting together this campaign, and anyway, that's good to know. That's good to know. Yeah. I don't think most people, you know, especially, you know, we talked about it with the internet and everything. People, people are not paying enough attention with what's happening with uh, the the government ran things that we we take for granted, like the library. Yeah. I mean, sure, we may not be, uh, you know, taking out books as yeah. often. But those, I mean, the numbers of the computers being used—that's sure. pretty. That's a pretty significant yeah. number. Yeah. And the million uh, people going through in and out yeah. on, a, on a yearly basis—that's mm-hmm. that's impressive. Yeah. And so it shows you that the there's people that still rely on the library. Oh yeah. You know, you're more affluent people. They they're going to stick to their phones, their computers yeah. that they already have. That's yeah. fine. Um, but you have a large population of Lafayette, yeah. and any city has this, where there's people that do not have the, the means of owning a, a more modern computer that yeah. runs or they may have a phone but yeah. you know it's using a computer sometimes is yeah. easier for yeah. certain tasks. And then like the the uh, well you know when we build libraries now a lot of times we look at man how much meeting room space do we mm-hmm. have in, in like study room space. You'd be amazed. I was at the library for a meeting one time and I was uh, up at a reference desk and I kind of stepped back because I saw some other patrons that were walking up. It was two groups of UL students. And I've talked to some UL professors that have said, y'all got great resources at the library. That is, is I'm not saying it's better than Dupre, but when Dupre is not available for them, they come over to the library, the main uh, library, and they, they book uh, study rooms over there. And so those folks were in there. Another story, uh, and this is relevant to business people, uh, the uh, South Side, uh, South Regional Library, I was walking into a meeting over there one day, and as I was walking in, there's this couple walking in with me, so I kind of engaged them. I said, what do, you, what, do you, you know, what do you do here? Do you come uh, often? And the guy tells me, he says, I'll come every day. I said, what do you mean? He says, well, uh, I, I actually work here. He said, I've got a business. He says, and I just go, and I, I, I get in a meeting room, he says, and I, and I conduct my business from here. And, so, and now he doesn't have people coming in buying stuff from him in the library. That'd be hilarious if you had a whole retail store out <laughs> yeah, of the set library. Up a, set, up a, set up a cash register, you know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I think at that point you'd be like, okay, look, yeah. you got a lot of revenue coming That's in. That's not what I mean. But, you know, <laughs> he you know, he was doing whatever business. I didn't ask him what business he was in. But there are people that use that library for those purposes. And this was not, I can't say he was affluent, but he certainly was, he looked, Middle class, at least, you know. <laughs> well, I consider, yeah. you know, I consider a lot of middle, middle class today yeah. to be more affluent than people think. I mean, yeah. if you if you can buy a Macintosh computer, I mean, I have an Apple computer. I just yeah. I just got it for work, and I think if you can afford any sort of technology and pay for it yeah. out of your pocket without any government yeah. assistance, I think 
you're you're pretty affluent now. I mean, yeah. can you can you afford to have a Lamborghini? Yeah, probably not. Yeah, but I think the middle class is more affluent than people people think. I mean, yeah, we become accustomed to certain things that were once like, whoa, that's a yeah, you know, yeah, it's just normal now. You know? Oh, no. <laughs> Everybody has a cell phone. <laughs> um, but that's cool. So uh, touching on that, um, I've been to several meetings at that Southside uh, mm-hmm. Library, and it was really nice. Now my question is, if if people are listening, and how can they take advantage of those meeting rooms and uh, study rooms or spaces yeah. there. What do you have to do? Is there something online where you say, hey, I want this room for this day or that day, or do you have to call? I'm not sure if it's online. I would, I would recommend that they just call that branch and, and talk to a clerk there, you know, a, 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 you know, a, a reference clerk or, a, you know. Why well, I say clerks, you know, people don't realize that a lot of the library, every library, has the number of master's degrees people you have in there. Everybody that gets an M, you know, MLIS, Master's of Library Information Science, they're master's degree people. So there's some smart people in there. Yeah, but I would recommend they call those folks and try to schedule a meeting okay. that way. Yeah. So, so let's just say a group that meets every other week on a very particular day and time, yeah. if they wanted to schedule out a year's worth of meetings, yeah. Could they theoretically do that? They should work that out with it because there may be some other uh, uh, requirements, I guess, that they have. Like there may be other groups that meet there. They want to keep a certain part of the library meeting room space open for, you know, for uh, for students and things gotcha. like that. Yeah, because we have a lot of after school kids, too, that come over and do homework and gotcha. stuff like that. Okay. I was at North uh, the other day. And uh, kids were being dropped off at the bus in front of the fire station. You know, the fire station is right next to the library over there. And they were dropped off on the bus, and a bus, a bunch of them had gone inside the library, and they were sitting in meeting rooms doing their uh, homework. That's awesome. Yeah. So waiting for so, their, their parents to come pick them yeah. up. Yeah. You know? So the libraries are definitely useful, uh, oh, yeah. especially, you know, if, it, if not for books, meeting rooms, and the internet, and just useful of technology. Yeah. Um, okay, so before we go, I know we're at about 40 minutes here, close to it. Um I want to I want to touch on um, the National Library Week. Yes, I know it was from April fourth through the tenth, so we're on the we're on the ninth day. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about National Library Week and why it's important for the library. Yeah. Well, I mean, we want to promote what we're doing today. You know, just promote, uh, I guess, interest in libraries, but also just to promote what the benefits are of libraries because a lot of people do think they they're passe. You know, and so we just want to. To, to dispel that that notion, the other thing is to uh, reach out to a librarian and thank them for what they do, because they are incredible people who are dedicated to the jobs that they do, and they are really some smart people, and that's what they want to do. And it gives them no more, nothing pleases them more than to try to help somebody with a question, with a problem they're having, or something like that. So that's what I would recommend: thank a librarian. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. And so, last thing, what is your the foundation's mission? Oh, do you have it? Well, it was written down. But I, I have it. Just I want to say, I find my glasses to do that. <laughs> yeah, but I know what it is. But it's like I want to make sure that I don't stumble over it. But right, right. The the foundation is keeping libraries great for our future. Okay. And so it's all the whole purpose of the foundation, as I said, it's over twenty members, is to uh, just support the library. And what it does and to keep it keep it great so you know i've heard many people tell me that man when they came to lafayette and they saw the quality of our library system they just went wow you know because they don't have that and it's kind of like uh i don't know maybe hospitality in louisiana sometimes if you haven't lived anywhere else you don't realize how special it is you know same thing with our library system people just 
They just kind of think that that's just normal, but it's not that it's way in every community. Grand, it's being it's taken, taken for, for granted. granted. That's exactly right, Ben. Yeah, it's taken for granted, yeah. I think, big time. Before before we close out, uh, I got into a conversation uh, on social media, one of my one of my posts that I made on developing Lafayette, and it was talking, somebody had mentioned about how Lafayette sucks. Yeah. They just used that terminology. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. I said, how does Lafayette suck? Like, <laughs> how does Lafayette suck? Like, yeah. does it suck politically? Does it suck in the food? Does it suck yeah. uh, in infrastructure? Like, it just can't just suck all the way around. Yeah. Like, there's That's something kind of in with particular. a broad brush, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm like, if you're saying that Lafayette sucks for the food... That's wrong because yeah. it's we have some of the greatest food in the, in the state, and yeah. I would I would go as far as say some of the best food in the country. Now oh, yeah. there's some great places, other places that you know I don't want to take away from all the different era, regions of the United States, but we have we 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 have a lot more flavors down here than oh, yeah. what most people. I mean, people moving from the Making north. Me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's it's about lunchtime. <laughs> But a lot of people that move here are saying what some of the things they, they love about this area is the food. And, yeah. of course, you know, you, you got the you know the whole common thing. Of like They love the food, the people, and the culture here. Um, whatever you define as the culture. But uh, our road systems could be improved. Uh, yeah. I, I, I definitely agree. Our roads in Louisiana as a whole, yeah. our roads suck. Yeah. I mean, you can tell. If you go to Florida and you go to Texas and oh, then yeah. you come back to Louisiana, you're like... Oh, Okay, yeah. I see where we have our issues here. Oh yeah, uh, but does that stop us from enjoying the life? No. Yeah. Um, does it suck politically? I think every single state has their their crappy politics. Yeah. Whether it's conservative, whether it's liberal, Democrat, Republican. You probably you probably find that most through a lot of the country too. It's not just Lafayette. But yeah. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. countrywide. You can move. A lot of people like to compare a good life or what they believe is a great life to live or a place to live is California. Yeah. I'm like, California is riddled with their issues. Yeah. Not to say that the, it's not good. I mean, there's some great qualities in California, but yeah. to, to, to compare it oh, yeah. is different. Like, there's some different qualities yeah. in California that oh, yeah. are not in Lafayette or in the Louisiana area. Yeah. Same thing with Florida and New York. Um, uh, there is a... Um, Oh God! Uh, she's the executive director. I think she's still the executive director of the uh, Acadian Animal Aids or Shelters. Yeah. Jean yeah. uh, uh, Forte, I believe. Yeah. I, I, I'm I'm probably butchered her name because I don't have, I don't have it in front of me. <laughs> yeah. But I interviewed her, and she she lived in New York. Yeah. Then she moved to uh, Seattle, Washington, yeah. and then ultimately made her way to Lafayette, Louisiana. And I asked her a question because I could pick up that you know. She's probably a little bit more of a liberal person. She wasn't shy about it. Mm-hmm. And I said, what on God's green earth possessed you to go from New York, Washington area to Louisiana when you know what you were getting yourself into? Like, yeah. this area is obviously more conservative. Yeah. You could not have moved here because of the politics. Yeah. She moved here because, you know, she there was just something about this area. The culture is a little different. With the hospitality she she mentioned, and you know obviously people mention the food there, yeah. but I just find that interesting that it doesn't matter where you live there's there's problems and I think uh, yeah. I want to make sure that people that people are, if they're listening, uh, find the good stuff about the area. There's yeah. bad stuff about everything, yeah. but there's also great things about it. It's a great place. Else. It's a great place to live, no doubt. Uh, I think one of the things that that, that uh, maybe what you maybe what that person might be referring to. And I see this is that. We're failing in some cases to 
to uh, invest in ourselves. Oh, no doubt. Now, I'm not just talking about the library. Now, the library, I told you the story, and you know, we, we're going to have to face that issue eventually, that we're going to have to figure out how to fund that library properly, the library system properly. But look at our courthouse, how bad it looks. Somebody, Some resources need to be put forward to, to take care of things like that. Our jail, our, our, our correctional center. There are, there are I know this as a, as a CPA and accountant and a former finance director of the parish. I mean, there's a fund that funds the correctional center with a millage. There's a fund that funds the courthouse with a millage. This is ina inadequate to take care of the things that need to be taken care of. Look at the other parking garage downtown. They took down the mural on one side mm -hmm. and you see all that rusted stuff that needs, and I know that's been going back and forth, but point is, man, rather than belabor all this, we just need to be able to invest in ourselves better. Even I our think schools. So. I completely and, agree. Yes. And I think it, it, we really need to take an honest look at ourselves and say, are we investing properly in our community? Yep. Yeah. I think going on that, if we were to invest in anything that's priority is, from what I've heard from talking with people, and I see it myself, is certain quality of life amenities. Yeah. Oh, we are, have great cultural amenities. Yes, we have great cultural amenities. Yeah. We have great food amenities. We have tons yeah. of restaurants here. One thing that people are... that when people express their, their dislike about the areas, our park systems are not compared to that's compared another, to other systems. Oh, that's a great that's a great. Our example. parks are lacking, and I agree. There's we have great parks, but they're not as great as they could be. You know why? I mean, I I'll give you I give you the the math on that or the the the, mm -hmm. the financing. Yeah, I'm interested. The millage that supports the library, the recreation center was passed in 1962. That's that's, that's almost before my time. Dude, <laughs> 1962, <laughs> our parks are probably mint condition, prime Yeah, we had, nice, parks. We had Gerard Park back then, mm -hmm. and I think we had City Park. That's where the Domain Center is now, and we, we didn't have much else. Our, our park resources, uh, the, what we have available and the programs and everything and the space we have is not just quadrupled. It's gone 10 times mm -hmm. more than, and we're still operating off the same revenue source. I just I, can't understand how we can't. Yeah. invest in ourselves better and that's think, a perfect yeah. example Ben I think if if because a lot of people especially nowadays the 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 idea of being more healthier yeah. and being going outside and being active is growing I mean it's been growing for the past few decades yeah. and I think if we want to get people out more I mean Gerard Park is great you know every once in a while you'll see yeah. a new rat or a dead duck that, yeah, right. that, you know that happens <laughs> but yeah. the, the park is great but there's other parks, especially in the north side area, yeah. where if we just had better parks, yeah. it would just we would feel more cohesive. I think as a more yeah. uh, uh, up to date city. Uh, I think I think we have to understand that, especially people of your generation and younger, even are expecting that from their communities that they want those types of amenities. Uh, I hate to I hate to compare us too much to say like Austin because mm -hmm. that's done a lot. But my son lives in Austin. My oldest, my oldest son, and he, uh, I mean, the Zilker Park and all the trails and all of the things that they have there that are connected to the out, outdoor resources that they have is just wonderful. And people want that, mm -hmm. and especially people of your generation and, and younger. So Yeah, but it, there's even even the older generation, they're getting out more. Oh, yeah. I mean, they have grandkids. And hike and like to yeah, walk and, yeah. the, and the like. So, yeah. And so I think um, if anything we need to invest in, of course, keeping our libraries uh, running well, but uh, quality of life. You, upgrading yeah. our parks. You know, if there's a new park that needs to be built, I don't know. I don't know how much that costs. I'm not into that. Yeah. But uh, I'd be interested in seeing um, 
more quality of life amenities. Yeah. Just, well, yeah, you know, it's true. It's, it's probably a big investment to build new stuff, but yeah. let's just at least take care of what we have right. and not let, it, right. not let it turn out like the courthouse has turned out. Because that's, I tell that to people that the same thing with the library system, which we're on the path now, and I use this word in front of the council. Uh, I went to speak before them a year or so ago and said, let's not let the, this fund get in the same decrepit manner that the courthouse fund and the correctional center I fund agree. have gotten into. So that's that's the challenge I think we have in Lafayette. We need to invest in ourselves. Well, let's leave it on that. Let's yeah, invest yeah. in ourselves. And <laughs> that invest includes, in our libraries, too. <laughs> yeah, let's, that includes yeah. the libraries, uh, education. Education's a big thing. Yeah. Um, I know there's a new school built, but we need yeah, yeah. there needs more. Yeah. Uh, parks need to be invested in. And just overall, um, Lafayette in, in general, our economy, um, you know, the oil field is what it is now. Oh, yeah. And I'm, we're seeing investments now in the economy to go towards more heavily medical because, oh, yeah. you know, our medical field is growing rapidly. And then yeah. there's the technology side. So yeah. invest in Lafayette. I think that is a great thing. And, um, and I, know, I know there's great people trying to do that. I'm, I'm trying to be a part of that. <laughs> yeah, so, sure. you know. Yeah. You know, I think the, the, the important thing is that, like you, people would say, oh, yeah, yes, of course. But it's to have the fortitude to, to, to put it together and do it. I yeah, think that's the yeah. thing. You know, it takes uh, action. It takes resources. Yeah. It does. Yeah. So. All right, Andrew, it was a pleasure having you on. Uh, it sounds like we could probably talk a lot longer about different <laughs> things. But, you know, i got to re- be respectful of your time and everybody else's time. So uh, I appreciate you coming on. And I look forward to, to seeing, seeing what else happens with the library. And hopefully I see that you're involved in it. Thank you. Really enjoy it. For information on sponsoring the Tea Podcast by Developing Lafayette, go to our website at developinglafayette.com and click Advertise.